We are really excited to introduce our new podcast to you, From Uniforms to Unicorns. We're your hosts, Lauren and Sharon. Two friends, moms, business owners who happen to be in prison. So grab a coffee, head out on your walk, or just take a break. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, awesome. Okay, so today, Sharon and I just kind of, we kind of came up with this idea last night. We yeah. Like, yeah, we kind of, we have it mapped out what we want to talk about, but then sometimes we, we change our minds. So um, today we're going to talk about some of the things that um, were negative and some of the things that were positive because... Uh, through a bunch of the personal development work I've done over the years, I know that if you were going to blame shit on something, you also have to blame good on something because what usually comes out of really crappy times is something decent. So I mean, like for an example, it's like, you know, I, I struggled with my mental health, but at the same time, that job made me extremely strong and extremely independent. So uh, we just were kind of chatting before we got on here and we'll each just talk about a few things and they, they all kind of mesh together as we're talking. We're like, oh yeah, this and oh yeah. yeah. Something um, might, something might bring up a story, right? Never yes. know. Yes, exactly. So um, I'll ask you, Sharon, what, tell me something negative that took, that came from your position as a corrections officer, um, but how you can make it you can look at it in a different lens and be like, you know, this was negative, but this is the result of something negative that happened in my life. That's now a positive. For sure. So to me, the whole idea of corrections is negative, right? So you are in charge of um, inmates and it may be a negative experience daily. So the, the negative things I took from there, like, like Lauren, a lot of my mental health, and some physical health. So uh, shift workers are pretty notorious for eating like shit, like lots of junk, if you ate at all, and sleeping. So eating junk and uh, insomnia were major ones, yeah. So when I left, those were two major things to focus on for me. So now it's like, because the job you're right makes you a strong person physically and strong uh, emotionally, those are things that I look to to work on. So, created an awareness for myself. Not to say that I don't eat junk, I just ate a whole bunch of junk this weekend, but to know like there's, there's limits and there's boundaries and all of those things. So, yeah. that's mine. And how about you? Yeah, no, I, and see, here's the thing when you talk about sleep, I remember. Um, I struggled to sleep. It was a, a huge, huge issue with me. Even after I left corrections for years, it took me, I could always stay asleep. It was falling asleep. And you and I talked about this earlier is that we, we have a heightened sense of awareness. So you're trained to be heightened. You're trained yeah. to know where every exit is. You're trained to know yeah. what things you could sh- throw at somebody. Um, you know, never turn your back. Like Sharon, you were taught, we were having a conversation and you're talking about 
Yeah, my my girl. So I was gone from the the jail, and my lovely daughter uh, decided, let's try girl guides. So <laughs> which is the funniest thing? <laughs> it's when, the funniest thing. When Sharon texted me, I was like. <laughs> I don't remember why we were texting that day, but she was like, I can't, I have girl guides camp. I was like, <laughs> you're joking. You're fine. Like, th- this is a joke, right? And like we're all going to totally. laugh. And she's like, no, I'm dead serious. I'm going to girl guides camp. I'm like, yeah, oh, shit just got real here. People. Shit just got real. And we like, so girl, I don't camp. I'm not outdoorsy. I'm indoorsy, but so I joined the troop. So there was, I think 30, 30, um, eight and nine year olds or yeah, around that age. And I remember one of the, uh, I don't know what we were called. The leaders was in, we were in the gym with all the kids and she turned to me and looked at me and said, you're in your officer stance. So my back was against the wall. My arms are crossed in front of my chest and I'm scanning the crowd, which is groups of, you know, eight, nine year old little girls having fun and skipping and I'm just like waiting for the shit to hit the fan for something to happen someone to choke something someone to trip anything right a fight to break out I was ready right yeah and they're like calm down they're doing crafts right they're making I don't know paper dolls it's not there won't be bloodshed right yeah but you you take on that role right you and even now, like I, I'll notice like if, if something's happening, even like, so uh, here's a good example. The kids were at the park the other day and this little boy, um, well, one of our neighbor kids took his sled down the thing and ran over this little boy. So this little boy decided to punch him in the face. Ouch. And so I came down to the park. My kids were no longer there. They'd gone to get the father of this little boy who got punched in the face and then they come back and this little boy's kind of hanging around the park. I know who this little boy is. Um, so, <laughs> but I don't know him well enough. So as I see my, the dad of the little boy who got punched walk to the park, you see this little boy start to like run away. And I like stood there and I was like, where are you going? <laughs> boy, I'm like, where are you going to get mad at you? I said, we don't punch people in the face. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like time like, to calm down. Yeah, yeah, time to calm down, Lauren. It's okay. <laughs> like, I'm not really one of those people to go like talk to parents and stuff like that. So I was like, how do I get this across? And I was like, okay, this isn't my issue. Why am I getting involved? Right? Yes. Like, because I'm a little bit more aggressive and abrasive, and I'm not worried about a six year old. Uh, I'm not worried about his parents. I'm not yes. worried about, right? Like, cause I've been in worse situations than that and, and made it out alive. So, I mean, my threshold for confrontation is significantly higher than most people's. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Yours is probably the same. It is. And I like, part of me wonders if it, some of that stuff is there before you are attracted to a career like this, because what is it that even attracts you there? Because mm-hmm. some of that stuff is it there before I can remember lots of times in my, you know, not so great childhood that some of that stuff, I guess I was ready to fight or to, I don't know, like to, to diffuse a situation that was happening. I can think back to lots of different times where there was that, where we, we were either in a fight, calming a fight down, breaking something up. And so then that attracts you possibly to this type of career. These are the skills I have, right? So it's like, I don't have to 
have any additional skills. This is, this is what I was made for. Right. I've totally, I've trained my whole life for this, for this. And I, I was involved in lots of incidents uh, throughout the jail, but I never, you know, thankfully I was never hit or hurt or punched at or whatever. And I was, I had the ability to diffuse the situation a lot of times before it got to that. So that's one of the skills that come out of a job like that, that we had, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk mm-hmm. about your ability to manage some of that stress or even now in life post the jail, mm-hmm. just the ability to manage or handle like emergencies or what you think is an emergency. Right. And maybe it's not, right. but you have that ability, right? It's there. It's And in to your prioritize. Muscle. Like yeah. I, I was telling Sharon before we got on the phone. So I was hired by one of, um, a, like a big uh, event management company in Canada. And I traveled with them for about a year and a half. And I mean, we would have groups of like 8,000 people come to an event center and we'd, you know, scan tickets and we'd, um, you know, we'd manage the crowd and, you know, deal with security and all of these sorts of things. And I remember we'd gone out for supper after one event and everybody's like, how are you so good at this? Yeah. And I'm just like, like, I'm pretty good at managing number one, my stress level. I'm pretty good at diffusing situations like, cause people take someone's seat and then it's a lunch and then someone comes back and takes their seat. And now we've got like this screaming match about yeah. who took whose seat. <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, seriously, um, you know, but just constant, it's, it's a very stressful situation. I enjoyed it. Cause I knew like I got 24 hours of stress and then I'm going to be done. And then I don't have to worry about it again until the next event. Um, but I was constantly just like able to be like, okay, this is needs to happen first. This needs to happen second. I need to make sure that I deal with this person. I need to, and, and I'm totally bossy. If you know me at all, like (laughs) I'm not, this is my husband say, he's not bossy. She just knows what you should be doing. So I want to like boss around everybody going, you do this, go get this. Totally. And I wish you could see her right now because she's got the (laughs) finger going and if you worked with her before, no, Lauren, she's always got that finger going, right? And my fingers are little, like they're little, <laughs> tiny little stubs. So people make fun of me for that too. <laughs> but yeah, constantly like delegating and mitigating and, you know, giving not orders. I, I mean, I had to, we had to give orders. We had to give orders. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because we always talk about like that heightened sense of awareness. My husband's a police officer, right? So we're both have that, like when you walk into, you know, East side Mario's, it's like, who's yeah. sitting with your door against the back? Not me. Not, I sat with my door against, my back against the door last time. And it's like, okay, so there's this and we could throw this. And if we had to leave, if, even, um, I remember we were at a, a massive event in Edmonton. It was held uh, at the city, uh, whatever, city hall. And if you've been in the Edmonton city hall, they have like all of these, it's like a big square in the middle. And then all around it is um, the next level, the next level, but the whole middle is open. And I remember thinking like, okay, I need to watch for like the person who comes in here with a gun. Yeah. Like just constantly yeah. on edge. And I had still worked at the jail when we had attended this event, but I remember just being like, wow, like, and my mom's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, just making, like, this is a really good place for someone with a gun to come and like shoot totally. a significant amount of people. 
and we, I still do it. I do it at concerts. I do it, yeah. um, not with like a small group of people, but I mean, I still do it. And I, well, I, and I did that at, uh, so my partner and I went to, I think it was Mumford and Sons and it was my first time that I'd left the jail. And so one of the other things that came out of that, uh, experience working the security net is I just uh, can't handle loud noises because all they did on that security unit was scream bang uh, the max unit so we went to this concert and I remember my my palms were sweaty I couldn't enjoy it and the only thing that really saved me it was a huge event in Edmonton I think it was and as I had my back to the wall so that helped me but I just remember thinking okay I had to talk myself to get through this enjoyable concert. And then I, I did go to another one in Edmonton and it was outdoors. So I found that was better for me. Right. But it's like that loud, the banging, the sounds, the stuff, when it gets to be too much, then I start to, I have to talk myself down. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, like when my kids scream that mm-hmm. like, and, and people say like, Oh, you struggle with that. And I'm like, Oh, I for sure do. Like I, I remember we, uh, and we had one inmate who would scream for hours. Yes. And it wasn't, it was like profanity, name calling, um, screaming like, and I, we would think, okay, this will be over soon. Yeah. She'll have to wear out. Right. It went on and and I can still hear, I remember standing there and we'd put, um, we'd put a recorder um, on the unit to show like how significant this was because, and, and I mean, just banging or, um, yelling, they'd, they'd, they'd scream through the door or whatever, if they weren't getting our attention fast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and that echo, it was, a like a cement, but very echoey, very yeah. loud. Even and slamming everything. Yes. Slamming food slot, slamming, yelling, uh, shower, uh, whatever it was, keys jangling, everything all at once. So it gets to you, right? And you don't you realize until you're Sensory overload. Gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sensory overload. And you, yeah. you struggle with that going forward. I know that, you know, anytime it's like too much, I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta yeah, get out. I gotta get out of here. Uh-huh. That's exactly it. I need to walk. I need to get out of here. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And I think that's good awareness, right? Because in in jail, you don't have that option. You can't just walk off the security <laughs> and be like, I yeah. need a break, right? Um, so I think for us, it's like, okay, I know that that's the thing that creates so much anxiety inside of me. So mm-hmm. I need to step away. I need to recoup. You, you might go back, you might not. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's a good awareness piece, I think, for a lot of people to pay attention to. What's that, that threshold? Where does that anxiety come from? Is it mm-hmm. noise? Is it taste? I remember. Um, this is probably going to make me throw up. Uh, we were, we were searching a cell. It was me and B and we got in and we're whatever. And he shook the blanket. Oh, and no. at that moment, my mouth was open. Oh no. And I did it. And I like from that day forward though, I never opened my mouth. I barely breathed during searching. <laughs> I would like to my life. But when he shook this blanket, like a big hair went into Oh, my- no. I didn't notice it at the time. Like, it probably took a few minutes. And I was like. <laughs> oh, I'm going to like, barf. I swear. It like, <laughs> was so long. It was in my stomach. But I like. <laughs> so even now, even now when I like shake a sheet or something, my mouth, my nose, everything's closed. 
it's like ingrained in me that like there's hair will come in through an orifice at some point. Totally. But that was so, yeah. But it's funny because I do it, it. That's one incident. And mm-hmm. I still to this day, like even my own blankets, but I mean, I shed like crazy. So I don't want even my hair to get into my mouth. And if you, if you ask anybody what I hate more than anything, hair and band-aids. So don't ask me to go swimming with you. I'm not interested. Uh, and there was always, remember so much hair. There, like the security unit was like yeah. static and hairy and ugh, dirty and, and it stunk. And I remember for me, the smell too, like I was so like uh, sensitive to smells, especially yes. after I had summer my daughter uh i used to put vicks up there all shift right so that's the only way it's like you guys smell that it's like nope nope. i got my vicks i got i don't smell anything right yeah yeah that yeah so funny how i like i think if i smelled it it would bring back so many like all of those like taste touch smell right totally yeah all of those senses and how they how they affect you going forward but i mean there's, there's so many positives. You and I, um, so we're fortunate enough to have a friend of us, a friend of ours help us out with the sound stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, she had said something about, she was asking a question and I had fallen asleep with my son. So then they were saying like, Oh, whatever. Um, you have boundaries, Lauren, Lauren put on her boundaries. (laughs) And I said, that's so funny. You say that because a good friend of mine calls me the boundary queen. And uh, she's one of the people that I did events with. And she had said, and I said, well, when an inmate is walking towards you and wants to touch your pregnant belly, you, you laid out a boundary like real fast. Really something. fast. Yeah, you have to. And the manipulation. Um, and, and that starts early. So right. my, my first, I don't even know if I've talked about it. My very first inmate that was on my caseload when I got there. So she was six foot two. Um, just huge came up to me and said here's hands me a piece of paper here's a request and she said uh the request was she wanted to get her tongue pierced so I was kind of looking at it going what you can't do and she's like well it's just so I can lick my girlfriend's pussy better right and I was brand new and I looked at her and I was like 30 days I didn't know what to say right 30 days so after that it was like I had to develop the wit the the just the sharp remarks really fast back and I'm a person I always responded to everything with them with humor so it was like a fast sharp and that was a a funny lesson you know she was trying to make me look stupid which she she did I did look very stupid and I and then after that it was yeah those boundaries right or Fernandez can you bring me in a Pepsi bring me a Pepsi get me a Coke or whatever they'd say and it's like I had one inmate do that to me probably for 10 years. Right? And I'm like, I've <laughs> just never to see, just to, to see, see when you're the trapped. one day that maybe I would. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, once you do one thing for them, then, you know, guess who their go-to is yeah. and guess what Pepsi turns into drugs or Cigarette. a phone call that they're yeah. not allowed or, and you don't think it's a big deal, but it, it all turns into that manipulation. They're, they're there to do their time and to see what they can get from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, and what, what we've learned from that is like, once you're able to uh, manipulate one person, um, 
it's almost like this conquest that they're constantly after trying to manipulate other people, right? What can I get away from? What can I, what can I do? And I know for a fact that the respect that I had with the inmates that I had really good rapport with was very much the, the, the reason because I was so consistent because I was so like, I had significant boundaries and, um, I just made it like so, so big on the priority of things to be like, you cannot deviate from this. You cannot, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter who else they say is doing, because they'd always be like, well, so-and-so does it for me or whatever. I just be like, then ask them, I'm sorry, that's not something I do. Like you guys have made lots of comments about the popcorn thing. I refuse (laughs) to pop popcorn. And like I had girlfriends over a couple nights ago and they were like, that was like the best. I never thought like if the inside of my microwave broke, how messed up my popcorn would be. Because it's not, it's not an issue in your life. If that broke, you'd go buy a new one. But if you, if you're not capable of handling a piece of glass, then you don't get those things in life. You don't get it. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it is, it's true though. It's, it's the boundary, what you said, the consistency, the fairness, all, all of that stuff. Cause even for me as an, I'm like you, it was like, I said no all the time. Like I'm yeah. not doing that. And no matter what you do, like you're not getting yeah. it. And if you act out even more, there's, you're never getting it. And yeah. I'm like you, like go ask the person who does bring you in pop or bring you a Pepsi or whatever, right. you know, cause to me, it is a big deal right? And I care, like I carry that stuff through my life, like consistency, boundaries, and fairness, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we know life isn't fair, like people just get dealt some shitty cards, and mm-hmm. life isn't fair. But the sooner I think that you find that out and figure it out, then you can operate yourself with a sense of fairness, like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the way it goes. This is who I am, like, like it or fucking don't. I don't really care, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. And I, I remember our manager on the security unit was always like about structure, consistency, totally, like all of that, the boundary stuff. And it was like, I carried that through to how I deal with my kids. And I mean, yeah. not to the extent that I do it, but I remember it being like, we, we have to implement a consequence immediately, mm-hmm. right? Because if we stand around and talk about it for two days and what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? That, that no longer has the same effect. Totally. As it would have if we implemented at like, so we'd have to have a quick little meeting with whoever was there, maybe call up to the keeper if we didn't have one and say like, this is what happened. This is what we're doing about it now, not passing it off to the next shift, not waiting for tomorrow, like instant consequence. And then it was like, we have to st- stick with it. We have to be consistent and pass mm-hmm. that on to the next group and whatever. So I, I carry that through with my kids. Like I, if I yell in a moment of like, pissed offness you're not going to that birthday party yeah. I'm like yeah. shit why did I say that I wanted to, I wanted to go hang out but I'm like I know I have to follow through with that because then we get that like the manipulation they don't respect you as much they're like she doesn't mean what she says who cares totally. right like, yeah um so I, I, and I do that too like with yeah. mine if anybody knows me they remember like summer being a year and a half and 
she got a, a timeout and she had to stand in the corner and there was, I had friends over that were laughing and I was like, do not laugh. Do not look at her. Do not make eye contact because she's got those big yes. brown eyes, like a little doe. And I'm like, she's got to stand in there. And I, I set the timer, right? 30 seconds. Don't do that again, Summer. Right? So <laughs> we're at, like, I don't envy my kids. Their dad's a cop and their mom's an ex corrections <laughs> officer. Like, you don't set a chance. Yeah, no kidding. Poor little buggers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing we were talking about is like just that resiliency that you build up, right? Like, you're constantly put in situations that number one, affect your mental health, um, number two, affect your your life your your family life and it's like okay just when you think i may have this figured out then something else happens right like there's a investigation or there's an incident or there's mm -hmm. so it's like coming back from those things um i mean i sucked at that at the jail like if there was an investigation and that went on for a significant amount of time that would eat my soul yeah even if i knew i did nothing wrong or i like it's all going to be fine in the end. I like those investigations dragged on for for ever, a long time. And that, yeah. And they, those, some of the investigations at the beginning were punitive, like that people yeah. were penalized and you were honestly, you were trying to do your job and do the best. And that like, it's just too bad. Like you couldn't, right. They, they couldn't look at people like that. They were trying their best in a situation that's different from no, a normal situation. So and All every situation was so like different, different. Yeah. And I, I remember at, um, sitting in SISM and having them go, well, why didn't you do this? Well, I don't know. Cause in the situation that that's not what I did. You, and right? you, you can't, and you can't like, it's easy to sit back and, and judge. Like I remember there was a major incident. Actually it went on for over two, two days. And the inmate, uh, when she had to be, I don't know, taken down, there was a number of officers. So there was a number of officers who were under investigation and it, it broke so many people and it just mm -hmm. didn't have to be that way. It just had to be like, we, we get that you tried your best. These are things to, you can do better next time and let's everybody move forward instead of let's punish you. Let's have you never do that again. Let's treat you like a bag of shit. And let's instead, let's act like you are a valuable member of the team that you reacted. You can't always respond from calm in, in a lot of situations. It's easy to say, let's respond from calm. But in, in some cases, you're heightened. Yeah. And you're heightened because inmates are on something. They're fucking strong. They're huge. They're, they're attacking your, yeah, they're threatening and attacking your coworker who is your best friend. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's so very, I, yeah. And you, but you learn after like a little while, you're like, whatever, like this is going to go on a year. I have to try and not let it affect me. Yes. And I mean, it always did, but I, I know after things happened that it was like, okay, well, this is just going to be like the last time I'll go in, I'll do my thing. I'll wait a year to okay. find out and, yeah. and be, be confident in the things that I know I did right. and maybe they'll find something wrong with that, but I need to stand in the confidence of the people I work with and the things that I d decided in that moment, because my, my, I was never malicious. I was never, that was never my yeah. intention. So I have to remember like 
what was my intention? My intention was to keep everybody safe. My intention was to make sure that we all walked away from this. And if they see that as something else, that's okay. That's their job. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I do that now so much in my life. Like it has what they're doing actually has nothing to do with me. That's right. right. It has to do with the incident and what went down. It's not a personal attack against me. It's not. And, but you look at it like that, especially when you're like 23 years old. Yeah. Going, you take it so personally. Like I remember going to the doctor and him being like, you have ulcers. Why do you have ulcers? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cause they're like, I'm telling him like, there's this investigation. and, And he would say to me, like, did you do anything wrong? And I'm like, I don't think so. But what if they come back and say I did? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, hang it you, over your- Yeah. If you don't think you did anything wrong, I need you to stop worrying about them. I'm like, well, that's easy to say. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I've moved that in like, you get better, you get better at, you know, building that resiliency to say, okay, this is, this is the truth in the matter. This is what happened. If my intentions were pure and non-malicious, I need to be okay with that. So anything yeah. now in life, I'm just like, this was the intention. They can rip me a new asshole on Facebook if they want to. Yeah. Um, but that was not the intention. And if you know me as a person, you know, that's not my intention or that's right. what I was, you know, expecting that to come out as we, you and I just had a conversation about like boundaries and, you know, people we've had to whatever, delete from Facebook or, yeah. you know, make strong, like, send messages to and say like, Hey, you posted this. Can you tell me why I can tell you why I disagree? Maybe we're not friends anymore. Yeah. That's and, okay. I'm okay and that's that. okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's creating an awareness, right? Cause that stuff doesn't come right away, but it comes after you've been through incidents and been through investigations and, you know, starting to know they don't really know you as a person the right. management team or the person investigating you. So your job is to make them know you as a person. You're not like malicious or trying to hurt someone or, you know, knuckle dragging or just want right. to fight an inmate. There's none of that. You want to make sure everyone goes home that night because a lot of people are moms and a lot of people are dads and people are your best friends and you want everyone to be safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's one of the, yeah, it's one of the hardest parts of the job I think because it affects you for so long and it's hard to move forward from things that have happened to you and then so you're dealing not only with the incident and the thing that happened and now you're dealing with a so-called armchair critic saying you did this wrong you did that wrong you did this wrong and when your intention like we said was let's get everybody home safe Mm -hmm. and the internal struggle that goes on with that, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you and I have talked about this millions of times. We we leave an incident, and then we're like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, we're trying to piece together. Okay, well, she yelled this, and then this happened, and I'm like, "What? I don't remember that." Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. when you are in that heightened state, the the you're not processing it as as a caught as a conscious person. You're almost in this like unconscious like fight or flight. What am I doing here? You're not paying attention to what they're saying. You're just ready to fight or flight, whatever it is you decide to do. Um, so I think like we, I've, I've been in incidents where, you know, we've all sat down at the end, we've handed in our reports and then like gone out and said, oh, really? Yeah. You did that? That was you? Yeah. you were, were you there? Were you there? Yeah, that's, I remember saying that lots when a person walks in, uh, there's a couple of places we used to go after 
shift and you know this we'd all be sitting there maybe 10 of us and then you know the 11th person walks in and you're like were you at work <laughs> like you were there like and they're like you moron like I was the one doing this thing right it's so funny because yeah. you just are in a whole other headspace it's so true it's so true and we and that's where I I heard this uh line that said like if you have if you have the ability to blame something for bad, you also have the ability to blame it for good, for the things that have, you know, helped you in your life. And I, I went into retail after I, um, I worked in corrections and I was like, I'm so, I'm so much better at this based on the experience that I had to like, number one, build relationships with, you know, my customers and all of those sorts of things. Like, and being, and I remember like, people are like, do you love it? I'm like, oh my gosh, I work with like law abiding citizens all day long. It's like, it's so fun (laughs) and so easy, right? Like I had a different appreciation for people. And, um, I would have a couple ladies, um, who, you know, hang out around town that are like drunks, (laughs) <laughs> and they'd come in and be like, can you put this bag on hold? And I would like keep them there to talk to me forever because I kind of <laughs> missed like the correction stuff. And then at one point, I, I remember I'd called the queen. I had this staff member that was stealing from me and I got all this like information and I pulled all these like videotapes. And I remember calling the queen and going, I like was like a corrections officer today. Like My just God. calling her in the back of the office going, here's your letter here. And I'm like, the like old me kind of came out for a little bit. And, <laughs> and then her mom called and then I, you know, went back into correctional officer mode with the boundaries and the, all the, all the things it was, it was fun. And I, I for sure miss it, but we, we talk about this. We always talk about like mostly the good times you and I yeah. have been out long enough that almost like that, those, shitty times have fallen away right we remember the people we remember the fun we remember all of that that, so and it's all about healing and that's that's enough time has passed that you could heal the things that you're you have the ability to heal so I don't I just remember the good times and I laugh and laugh and lots of the messages I get uh, based on the podcast is a lot of remember this and a ton of laughing. So, right. You know, that in and of itself is healing. Right. So it's, it is funny. And it's, when I look back, uh, I miss the people. I miss the uniform a little bit because then now I've got to figure out what to wear. And uh, when you, yeah, when I first left uh, corrections and I went to go work with my mom, we were owning a business. I remember her saying to me, like, what is it you're doing? You need to calm down. Right. And she's like, don't just take it down a notch. You need to take it down several notches. It was so funny. And I'm like, Oh, you like these people coming in for their beauty treatments. They're not inmates. Yeah. No, no, they're not. They are, you know, high end customers who want these services. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can just imagine. I can just imagine. But yeah. And like you said, it's like that healing that healing process of like paying attention to what good came out of it. Right. And it's, it's a mind shift thing, right? It's, we can focus on the negative forever. We, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and if you and I stayed in the negative, this podcast would be very different. Right. Yeah. If it even ever happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it would just be like a bitch session for hours on end <laughs> and people would stop listening to us because they're like, okay, these girls are tainted. They, they hate life. And they, um, yeah. So yeah, the podcast absolutely for sure not would not have happened, but I mean, it's, we get messages all the time saying like, you know, you, you're really good at making it 
seem positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but we, but we look at it like that. We look at, like, we know there are negative things, but I mean. Absolutely. And maybe some of those will come out at some point. Well, so, and they don't matter now. Like some right. of the things that really used to piss me off, <laughs> like it really, when I look back, I'm like, that's insignificant or that person right. is an insignificant part of my life. So I feel indifference towards them or that situation now but I remember being in it and that basically for me the chapter is closed it was a big chapter in my life but it's over and you know it's it was good it was fun and I learned lots I learned lots mostly about myself and I love that's exactly it yeah yeah and I love the people uh my people my my crew and stuff forever like we're lifelong friends we've been at each other's weddings we've traveled the world together and it's amazing right yeah yeah and just that like putting the positive spin on it changed everything for me right like going you know what did I gain from this okay Mm -hmm. I lost a lot like in in those moments it felt like I lost a lot I'm not gonna say I did because I for sure didn't um but it felt like I had And now it's like, oh, those, those were teaching me something else. Yeah, that's right. I have, um, I work with a a bunch of first responder um, agencies, uh, legacy places, one of them, not work with them, but like have created relationships with them. OSI can, um, they're like a peer support thing. And uh, now I have my own nonprofit where I work with uh, first responders and their spouses. And it's just kind of like that all of that was for this, like, yeah. So look at it like that. It's like all of the things that I've learned, all of the things that I went through, all of the things that I thought were crushing my soul were just like building me up to be a better advocate First, in this yeah. area. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and do something bigger. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really cool to think of it like that. And I know lots of people think I'll, I won't get there. And I've worked with first, lots of first responders where I'm like, okay, what good came out of it? And they're like, nothing, nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I mean, we know people that are still there. We know people that are, are going through stuff like this. And I'm like, if you could just find one thing, if you could just find one good thing that came out of this, I promise you, you'll find more. And, um, and sometimes that healing journey isn't ready and that, that growth isn't ready to happen because you're still so upset about how you were treated or, Totally. What happened or yeah. and, and that's okay it's okay to stay there for a while I want to say I stayed there for at least five years yeah too long five years too long five years too long for sure yeah. like after I left I I struggled with like distracting myself from not paying attention to it right like mm-hmm. I I likely needed significant psychological help and I was just like oh I just had baby I always made an excuse Oh, I just had a baby. Oh, I just started a business. But I, I did those things so that I didn't have to worry about the things that had happened to me or paying attention to it or having that self-awareness because I was so busy yeah. with everything else. And then finally one day it was just like, okay, if, I, if I'm going to um, move forward and be a good mom and a good spouse and a good business owner and a good friend, and I need to start digging into some of these things. And mm-hmm. it was huge, huge eye opening, especially when it was like, okay, that sucks. But like, how does that apply to life now? How do I look at it now? Um, and like some of the things we were in, like, 
even before we got on this call, it's just like, oh my gosh, like we yeah, look no. at it now as like so insignificant <laughs> and so dumb, but it like consumed our whole lives for months. For months or a year, a year. I remember some things, yeah. But I, my like my partner and, and Melissa and I talked to, like would we have even lasted like eight years or nine years or would it have kept going our relationship right. because those things find a way too of falling apart because you as a person are trying to hold like everything together and you're not when you're in something like that you're not doing a good job of it so you're just focused on what you are doing good at which is you know just the job the function so yes. yeah when you strive to be a better person a better mom a better everything that's when you say, hey, I need to make some changes. And that's not for everyone. We're not saying everyone get out of corrections. We're just saying for us, that was our move, right? And that's yeah. how our healing came about. And our friends are still in corrections and they're doing good because they can manage all that stuff. And, and I like, and for me, I had to step out for uh -huh. a long time before that awareness came in and said, like, I couldn't do it in that environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could I now? Probably because I have a lot more tools in my belt and a lot more skills and a lot more self-awareness, but I had no self-awareness at that time. I remember no. like, even now I look back, I'm like, I don't remember half the shit that happened. I, don't I know. Half That's, the things I did yeah. or said, or like, how did I even get a boyfriend is the question. Like, <laughs> and then I got that guy to marry me. Like, <laughs> wow. Right. <laughs> that makes me question him more than it makes me question me. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I said everything I needed to say. Or... And I think I did too. I think that's, okay. we can wrap it up here if you want. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. good with that. You, you're holding up the timer, so I'm assuming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm assuming. I didn't give you the cut. I didn't get the cut yet. It was you coming. I get the though. yank, but the yank was coming. But yeah, <laughs> well, everybody uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah, thanks guys. Have a good day. Hey, that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. And if you have a second, we would love a review. You can find us on Instagram at from uniforms to unicorns. And if you happen to know anyone else that would be interested in tuning in, please share this podcast with them. We greatly appreciate it. Love, Lauren and Sharon. <laughs>